0: Oh, it's announcement time. Hey, guys, everyone, download the app now, okay? You can go on there and like do stuff, okay? So do it. Um, Hey, coming up this Wednesday, super duper extraordinarily important family fun nights this Wednesday starting at 5.30. Listen, we need lots of volunteers to make that event successful. So if you can, go on the app and you can click volunteer for family fun night. You must do that, okay? I will keep saying that, please. Please, we're begging you, volunteer for that. Okay, so that's family fun night. Uh, Also coming up, we have a jam night on February 22nd. Uh, That's a week from Wednesday. That's for our musicians and vocalists. It's a great little night of worship, so uh, please come and join us. We've got uh, men's and women's Bible studies on Tuesday evenings. They're taking a break for Valentine's Day, okay? So uh, that will resume again the 21st. Uh, I believe the Lectio Course is meeting this Thursday. So no men's and women's group on Tuesday, but yes, Thursday group. and, uh, yeah, keep looking at the app. And, um, you know, usually I make some high-pitched noise about getting ready. So, you know, help me out. Here we go. Three, two, one. Let's get ready for church. Woo!
1: Good morning, everybody online. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to jump in. We had a great time at worship earlier, so we're excited to hop back in with you today. We're in our series of questions Jesus asked, and uh, we're talking about specks and planks today. It's going to be fun. So we're in Luke 6. Get your Bibles. Get a coffee. Get comfy. Get ready, because here we go. Woo! <laughs> good
2: morning, everyone. You guys are getting really good at that. <laughs> We're looking forward to spending time with you guys in worship and in the Word. It's so great to see your faces. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Alice will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to Sunday school classes around the building. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in questions. Jesus asked part six. And um, it's really good. I'm looking forward to you guys digging in and learning. But before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we thank you for meeting with us this morning. We thank you for the privilege of gathering together to celebrate and worship what you are doing. Papa, thank you for making yourself known this week. Personally, and all those small ways that you've shown that you're near and that you're moving. Papa, we praise you because we know you'll do it again next week. Papa, this morning, we enter your throne room with spirits of expectation. We can't wait to see what you're going to speak to us, how you're going to move in us, what you're going to change in us, and what you're going to lead us to do for you this week, Papa. We're in awe of your great love for us. So help us to love like you and to change the lives around us with your love, Papa. <laughs> and we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Heavenly Father, we ask you to keep your household, the church continually in your true faith. That those who lean only on the hope of your heavenly grace may always be defended by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug.
3: On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning, and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to
0: enter now into our time of worship together, and i just like to encourage us all to, to lift our voices and sing out and participate as we elevate Jesus in our midst here this morning. We'll see the words show up on the screens. It's going to be really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. God is fighting for us. You guys ready?
4: stand when all I wanna do is give up I choose to trust when my whole world is falling apart I choose you Jesus because I still believe Given up on me, you've never given up on me. I choose to love when everything around me screams hate. I choose to heal when I have walked through sorrow and pain. I choose your name, the only name that's worthy of praise. I
5: choose you, Jesus.
0: Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. God, you're good to us, Lord, and we love you. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 And hey, Mama, why don't you come up and teach the children a Bible verse?
6: Thank you, guys. Hello and good morning, everybody. How are we today? We are many. Welcome, it's good to see everybody Hi, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while But welcome, welcome, welcome See if you can find a spot Oh, I love your sandals, they look so comfy Do you guys know about a guy named Ezra Our Bible verse is out of the book of Ezra, and he was a prophet, right? We've been talking about prophets, but he was also a pastor. He cared about people. He wanted to tell them what was going on, but he cared about their hearts. And God told him he had to go back home to Jerusalem and tell the people. This was right after the wall was built. How many of you helped us build that wall last week in Sunday school? Good job. Well, the wall got built, and God told him to go back and to tell the people they weren't living right. They didn't know how to live. They forgot all about God's laws. God said, "I want you to tell the people how to live right and then my spirit can come and dwell on them." And do you know what they had did when he told them that? Did they get mad? I feel like they probably got mad. No, it wasn't Nineveh. <laughs> they they did not get mad. <laughs> they said, "Okay." They that's true, you're very right, but these, the Spirit of God was on them, and they, they repented, and they started to live the way God wanted them to live. So that's going to be our Bible verse today. Y'all want to help me with this? Thank you. What day is Tuesday? Valentine's day. Very good, it's Valentine's Day, and that has no scriptural basis, but give your mom and dad hugs and kisses, okay? All right. Ezra ten, 12. Ezra 10 12. twelve. The whole assembly. The
5: whole assembly.
6: Responded. responded. with a loud, with a loud voice. voice. Good job, you are right. You are right. We must, we must do. Must
2: do as you
6: say. As you say. Good job you guys. Their hearts turned back towards God. And it's our sweet Cameron's birthday today. It's Cameron. Everybody give her a love. And it's also JC Cadwall's birthday. They're both 21 today. So we're going to have Pastor Steve sing well, happy Alicia birthday to you still don't in the want room. Him.
1: But there we got three. So here we go. You guys ready? You got to help me sing.
6: Help me sing. Here we go. Ready?
1: Happy birthday birthday to you. you. Happy birthday birthday
5: to you. you. Happy birthday
2: birthday to
1: you. Happy birthday
6: to you. you. Good job. Thanks. Good job.
1: That's the the Vineyard's Children's Choir yes. just belting it out, the happy birthday.
6: All right, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Remember how Pastor Georgina taught us? And, Papa, we thank you for this day. Thank you for Ill, all the children here, Lord, all their siblings, all their family, Papa. Put your angels around them and keep them safe. And we thank you for the food that's in Sunday school and that you would bless the snacks. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen.
1: All right.
6: She
1: did. Have fun. I love a church full of children. Yeah, amen. Good stuff. Welcome to the Vineyard. So glad you're with us today. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you uh, as well. And uh, our children are getting settled and we're saying hello and good morning. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code that just popped up is for you. If you point your smart device at it with the camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card, name, phone number, email. Uh, We'd love to have that over the next five or six weeks. We'll send you some texts and emails all about the church, and uh, that would be great. Also, we have gifts for all the first-time guests back at Guest Services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. Got some real nice gifts for you on this uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Woo-hoo! Yeah, <laughs> snacks. I, yeah, snacks and commercials, baby. <sighs> um. Okay, so a couple of things uh, before we pray for our neighbors. First off, this Wednesday night, family fun night. Lots of fun, lots of kids here. Bring your kids back Wednesday, 5.30 to 7.30. Uh, we will take all the chairs out of here, all 500 chairs, got to go. And uh, we will bring out our bounce houses. we got a bunch of those. We're very blessed. We'll set them up so it'll be fun. The uh, food truck will be outside. We'll have free hot dogs and potato chips and ice cream and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, it's all free to the entire community. And it's, it's a big event for us. We invite our community in. We, you know, after COVID, a lot of people moved. And there's people that have moved in that we haven't met yet. So we're actively trying to meet all of our neighbors. That's been very important to us for the last since we started 40 years ago. So we want to meet our neighbors, so it's a great way to do that. I say all that to say this, we need volunteers for that event. It takes about at least 30 volunteers to make it go well. More is better. And if you volunteer and you don't have a, an assignment, which we will give you to help with one of the games or something, we will um, absolutely have you sort of be ambassadors at that point, which is really important that there's enough of us wandering around that we're greeting people and saying hello and welcoming them and meeting some folks. So that's all part of what we do so that's this Wednesday if you can volunteer go to the app and say hey I can volunteer there's a link let us know or just show up at about 5 we start at 5.30 okay also and this is a this is a sad so you know uh, horrible events this uh, earlier this week and continuing on now over in Turkey and Syria and uh, just devastating the loss is almost hard to comprehend it's almost so incredible you, you can't even you know um and so uh, on behalf of the church, we immediately sent money to Convoy of Hope this week just for that disaster. We partner with them all year long in lots of things, and they're, that they make sure that disaster relief happens. So they're, I've been getting updates every day from them. They've got partners there, and they're, they're getting lots of supplies uh, heading in that direction. So... Uh, if some people have asked me if you're interested you want to support a great ministry in in getting you know we'll get directly there it's Convoy of Hope and there are the people we partner with and we have sent money uh, for that specifically from the church so we did that earlier this week and We wanted you to know that, okay? And keep them in your prayers. Speaking of prayers, now let's pray for our neighbors. This is something that we do uh, specifically right here every week to encourage you to pray for the people that live around you every day. So, Papa, we pray for our neighbors. We lift them up to you, God. We ask that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. And bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior, in Jesus' name, Amen, and Amen. So uh, I always like to brag on your generosity and and remind you of how you know faithful you guys are. So uh, you know we have our food truck, and we got to send it out a lot this week. It was. Uh, it, we did a. We call it a first responder outreach, where they take the truck and they go to fire stations and the sheriff stations and anybody else law enforcement, and they stop in and they give them free coffee and free coffee floats and you know ice cream stuff and it's very cool. And they did that this week and that was fun. I got some texts and uh, you know pictures from the guys. It was as it was happening that were receiving the blessing. So thank you for that. And then uh, Friday night we sent it up the road to marathon. Pastor Friend took it up and they were doing a big. Uh, party at the park up there for the community. So we went and we just blessed them with all kinds of free stuff, snow cones and you name it, stuff where we can go up the truck. So the the food truck has been huge for us and we're blessed to have it. Before that, we had an ice cream truck and that was cool too, but we've been doing this for a very long time. So uh, we have uh, a f- friends in Cape Coral that pastor church, almost, you know, even longer, I think, than we have. We've been friends for, for 40 years. And um, they got impacted by Ian. And as we were talking about how we could help them, we discussed our food truck, and they thought that's, that would be perfect. And so we, we gave them some ideas and told them how we had done some things. And then we as a church, we invested in their food truck, uh, you know, not only us, but along with them. Well, anyway, we got a thank you from them this week on video, and I wanted to share it with you. So here it goes. Hey, Keys Vineyard, this is Jamie and Kim Stilson coming to you from Cape Coral, Florida, the Cape Vineyard, standing in front of our new food truck, Sweeter Than Honey. You guys inspired us with your truck, but you also invested Mm -hmm. through your pastor, Stephen Alice, Mm -hmm. uh, invested in this food truck, and you helped make this miracle happen. Yes.
5: You know, it's been so wonderful just to be able to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus, giving hot meals, being able to pray for people, being able to bring encouragement, strength, and we couldn't have done that without you guys investing in us. we felt your prayers and you gave generously to us. So thank you so much. This has been so much fun, as you know, because you've experienced this, but so much fun to show up and just uh, be a blessing in Jesus name.
1: Thanks for being uh, uh, our friends and, yes. and supporting us through this. And we bless you and pray God's blessing on the Keys Vineyard. Yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good job, guys. you're you're fun. Last thing quickly. Once a year, February, March, we do a thing called our one more offering. And uh it's a place where we sort of talk uh, and think about some things we would like to accomplish in the next year over and above what we normally do. And people ask me all the time, is there anything that, you know, you would you feel strongly about that you would maybe like us to, to support or whatever. So, uh once a year we do this. I shoot a video, it's 5 minutes long. And I'm not going to show it to you. You got to go watch it. Okay. Uh, and I outlined in that five minutes, four or five projects that we would like to accomplish over the next year. All, this is all I ask you to do about this offering. Please go watch the video. You can get there on the app. Boom. Click. Five minutes. Then pray. And then wherever that leads. That's great. Pray for us. That's cool. If you feel led to partner with us, there's ways to do it there. But thank you. And, uh, uh, but you're a great group. We love partnering with you guys. So very cool. Okay. Moving out of commercial range. It was a lot, I know. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't do that very often. But. I know, I know. Uh, part six, the questions Jesus asked. This is a fun series that we're doing. I'm looking forward to today's question. Uh, it's kind of funny. Jesus says, you know, why, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye when you've got this blank plank that you're dealing with? So we'll get to there in a minute. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. But let me, uh, let me quickly get into the jokes, and then you can pray for us. And that's how that works.
6: Ending ending on an up note, right?
1: So, so, so what do a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? I I don't know. They're they're both parasites.
6: That one's gotten a good giggle. What you would call a roar.
1: It's a roar. It's a roar. How do you make seven even? Take away the S. Ta da! They hated this last one. I probably shouldn't do it. But I just thought it was so funny. That's my weird sense of humor. Yes. Because you know the theme of these jokes, right? A guy walks into a bar. Right. And he was disqualified from the limbo contest. (laughs) Yeah. Pray.
6: I um... (laughs) am. This is a hard segue, people. All right. Let's take a beat and reconnect with the Lord. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Lord. Come. Come again, Holy Spirit. Minister to our hearts this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us, that you never leave us, Papa. Just make that word settle deep into our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Luke. This is chapter 6, verses 37 through 42, Jesus speaking. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And he also told him this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated.
1: Alright, so this series, The Questions Jesus Asked, is, uh, the idea behind it is that as you look at the the questions that Jesus gives us in the Gospels, and there's over 300, and, and let me say again, I'm, I'm encouraging you to read through the Gospels during this series, we're going to go about 20 weeks, all in all, uh, and if you break that down, that's 4 or 5 chapters uh, a week, to get through all four Gospels in the time that we're together. And so if you're kind of staying along, you should be reading this week Luke uh, chapters 7 through 11. As you read, look for questions that Jesus asked, Jesus' questions, and highlight them or write them down in another book or do something with them. Because when you're done reading the four Gospels, you'll have this nice list of a little over 300 questions. And I think that you will be able to refer back to that over the course of your life and that it will continue to draw you closer to the Lord and, and help you sort of understand Jesus more and, and uh, allow Holy Spirit to illuminate the Scripture more. That's what we're doing in this series. And really all I'm doing here is I'm, I'm picking a question a week and I'm hanging out with a question. And hopefully you're learning that that's what it looks like. Pick the other questions. If we're not covering them all. I'm doing 20 and there's 300. So there's lots of material. Uh, Hang out with questions, and I, I just think it's a very powerful way. I have so much fun on spending a week like this with a question, you know, and some of these I'm going to come back to and hang out some more, uh, because they're fascinating, so I would encourage you to do that, and today's question, as I had Alice read, is about this idea about a speck and a plank, and so we'll get to that in just a moment, but it's it's about, and I want to start this, it's about how we see, that's what Jesus is talking about in this teaching, about how we see, in particular, how we see people how we see people. And this is a big deal. This is such an important part of the way that um, we move into this life. I've told you in other messages and stuff that if we're not careful, we sort of don't see people that are right around us. We sort of make them the machinery and scenery of our lives and we miss what's really going on. So, So we need to learn to see more the way that God sees and that's how that sort of starts. Now, the Apostle Paul has a great story in learning how to see like that, and, and I love this verse from 2 Corinthians five sixteen. and we'll do some more out of 2 Corinthians 5 here in a bit, but he says, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. So he's saying, you know, The the idea behind there is now that we've come to know Christ, we need to look uh, not only at Him differently, which we do, but at people as well. And that the problem that we have is that we... You know, the the amazing thing when you get saved is so many things change when you come to know Jesus. I mean, your eternal life has begun, Holy Spirit comes, uh, we have amazing hope and promises that we didn't have before. But the thing that takes a while to catch up, and Paul talks about this a lot in his letters, is your mind, the way you think about things. And we have, so we have this old way of thinking about things that just doesn't get immediately due. It would be nice if it did. But it doesn't. It takes pretty much the rest of our journey with him to get our thinking more the way that he wants us to think. And so we have these, this worldly point of view that we're dealing with. And in this story, it's, it's impacting the way that we see things. We have, we have a problem with our eyes in that we don't see people the way that God does. And I've often said to you, uh, and I call that, that God has his way of looking at us and he sees the beauty of potential. And that's huge that God looks at us that way. He sees us uh, and and he sees us fortunately in the in the completion of his son. So he's looking at us one way. We can kind of see what a big mess we are, and we're apparently very good at seeing what a big mess everybody else is. Even better at that. But that's not how God deals with us. He sees the beauty of our potential. And I, for one, am so glad that that's how he began with me. Because you know when when I first met Jesus, um, and he treated me so amazingly well. And I got to tell you I was it was not something that I'd earned and not you know something that should have really been happening. I was a mess and and, uh, and yet he always saw something in me just as he does you. That's the beauty of potential. Well, he wants us to be able to see other people that way and if we if we can't see people at least in sort of a measure of the way that he does, we'll never engage in this life that he's called us to, this mission that we have and we'll miss out on the full and abundant life that God has for us. So we we have to engage in being transformed. Our minds changed and renewed uh, enabled and be enabled to see people the way that God wants us to see them, the way that he does. So I would say that when we're not, this is a type of spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness. And we looked at that sort of idea in John 9 a little bit, talked about spiritual blindness and how the religious leaders were spiritually blind. But this is something that impacts us as well. And there's this great encounter between Jesus and the Apostle Paul where... Uh, and he, it's dealing with his spiritual blindness. And, you know, when you go into this, know that Paul, he's got these amazing religious credentials, but he's so trapped in legalism that he can't see past it. And, and that's the only way that he's relating to people. And he's decided that these new Christians and the church has got to go and he's going to do whatever he can to stomp it out. That's what's happening in Acts chapter nine. So let's look at this together. Meanwhile, Saul, That's Paul, Just he gets a name change later on. Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? This is another question. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. And the men traveling with Saul stood there speeches. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. And Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. So I'm, I'm saying that because this is really funny. What's about to happen? And I'm thinking of myself as Ananias, having a great day, loving Jesus. And the Lord says, "How you doing?" And you're like, "I'm good. Thanks for asking." And the Lord says, "Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying." In a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, (laughs) Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man, none of them good, and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here with authority from the tree speech to arrest all, including me, Lord who call on your name. It's Ananias saying, Lord, really? Um, I'm your guy, but still, this guy's not good. Maybe you don't know that. Have you checked the Twitter feed lately about this guy? Because He's a bad guy. <laughs> I love this. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. <laughs> you know how that feels. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And then Ananias went to the house and entered it. And placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, I think he's making a point too. Just so you know, (laughs) Paul, with your arrest warrant guy, Jesus sent me here, okay? So if you have an issue, remember what happened to you the last time. He sent me. (laughs) Just Just calling that out. So you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And he could see again. And he got up and was baptized. What a cool story. Speaking of baptism, hey, we baptized 12 people yesterday at Bay Honda. So cool. Yeah. That was so much fun. Yeah. So so this result of this first encounter between uh, Paul and Jesus... Uh, is that Paul's trapped in legalism. Everything that he does is filtered through that sort of uh, thing that's going on. And and he's spiritually blind, even though he's like this really kind of, you know, religiously stand-up guy, if you would. He is a mess, and he's not getting it. And so he's actually rendered physically blind temporarily, I think, just so he can get a clue. And and then when he's prayed for and his sight is restored, his physical sight, he's no longer spiritually blind either. He's seeing things in a whole new way. He's seeing now like Jesus sees. And this is what he writes about in that passage in 2 Corinthians 5. This is out of the message paraphrase. I like the way he says this. Beginning in verse 11. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focus center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in this life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people have ever lived on their own. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. I love that about Paul saying, yeah, that's not good to do that. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. A new life emerges. Look at it. It's just speaking now of this life where we're no longer spiritually blind, but we begin to see the way the Lord sees. So we're no longer to look at things from our own narrow perspective Um, We're to look at everything. We're to learn to look at everything as illuminated by the light of the world. So with that sort of in mind, let's talk about the speck and the plank, which is uh, the classic part of the story. What is that speck that we're talking about? Luke 6, 41. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother... Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. When you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, Jesus is using some humor here. If you miss that, you miss a lot of stuff in the Bible. Jesus is is sometimes quite funny. He's very serious, but he's quite funny sometimes. In fact, big chunk of Luke 6, he's kind of ripping off some... Funny stuff. The whole blind leading the blind thing is funny when you look at it. And he says if, if you have a blind leader, then even after they've trained you, you're blind. It's, it's, it's really funny. He's picking at, you know, some of the religious leaders of the day. And this is moving along in that same sort of thing. He said, you know, you, 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 you're not, you're able to see other people's mess and yet you're not dealing with your own. Now, Something that's fascinating to me as I've been pondering this is that the word, the, the word, the original word that's used for both speck and plank is the same root word. The idea is that it's the same material. The speck and the plank are exactly the same material. And I think this is kind of one of the things he's getting at. Um, sometimes it's pretty easy for us to see other people's mess because it's reminding us of our own mess. Like, have you ever, maybe not, have you ever been, has someone ever been annoying to you? Not that that ever happens. And you realize the reason that they're annoying is you're seeing something of yourself that you don't like already, and it makes it even worse. It's this whole speck plank thing that's going on, and that's what Jesus is is calling out. We, we can spot things in other people generally because we got some of the same issues in our lives. And, and let me say this, that... What what Jesus is referring to there is, is listen, as you follow Jesus and as you yield to Holy Spirit, basically your lifelong work is plank removal. You got a plank that you're going to spend your whole life dealing with. And the idea is when you're engaged in that the way that you should be because you want to be sanctified and you want him moving in you, you really got no time for other people's specs. That's... You got plank problem. You got a plank issue. I've been working on this particular plank for a long time. I don't know that I'm making a whole lot of progress. It's a big plank. When I was a a new pastor, I'd I'd just tell you this story real quick, and uh, it was kind of funny. So I was teaching on this idea of planks and specs, and you know, learning about it. This would have been thirty years ago. And I thought, you know, everybody, I'm going to go. I'm going to use a prop because who doesn't like a prop? Well, the, most churches don't like props. I had been, pe- you know, doing mostly youth pastoring up until that point in time, so I'd been preaching to kids for a long time. And, uh, and and I was, I was in my early 30s. I was excited. So I got this pair of glasses and I took the lenses out and I wired this like two-foot branch that stuck out of it. I didn't tell anybody. And then when I got to this point, I put the glasses on. I thought it was classic. It did not go over well. <laughs> She's like, it's not going to... I'm like, look, it's hilarious. So I don't have them now, but you can use your holy imaginations. You get how hilarious that is, right? This great visual, of this plank coming out. Well, that's what's going on. And that's our... We need to work on that. And yet, it seems easier than doing that. What seems easier is going after other people's specs. And that's what he's saying. You you shouldn't do that. And and yet culturally too, and the way things work, we're sort of used to looking for not only the bad in things, but the bad in situations. And it's just something that we have to really work on. Like, Like you can move into a situation where there's so many good things, but you don't see the good things. You focus on one or two bad things. And they get your full attention. And then you get all critical and judgmental and like mean sort of hard mess. And it's like, stop, look at the good stuff, like Winn-Dixie, it's a little busy right now, praise God, so many people are around town, but you could go to Winn-Dixie and you could go, there's not enough parking here, or why don't they fix this, or why are the kids jumping around upstairs, you could ask these questions, because they're having fun and they should do that. But but you you get how you could do that, and you could go into Winn Dixie, and it could be crank and busy, which it will sometimes be. And you you see, there's only two lines open, and there's they have seven. Why don't why aren't all seven lines open? This gets in your mind, right? And like, well, I could if I was running this place, I would all the time. I don't care if we're busy or not, just so that when I do come in, I'm so catered to and immediately taken care of that I don't have to wait an extra you know minute and a half to deal with anything. But you get how that can begin to ruin your experience. Instead of going, I'm so thankful that there's a place in town where I can go and get pretty much whatever I need. And the work's been taken out of it because somebody else has butchered it and cleaned it and packaged it and grown it and and frozen it and done whatever needed to happen and, and you know, bottled it and on and on and on so that I can just pick it up, put it in my cart. God willing, he blesses me. I can pay for it and go home. It's saving me, I don't know, years. <laughs> But I'm mad because there's not enough parking spots or not enough cashiers you, you get, you can apply that to everything, right? But we're trained that way and you have to untrain yourself. Instead of looking at the bad in everything and in people, in it, you gotta look for the good in stuff. And particularly with people, um, a lot of times people will sort of give you a, an edge on the outside because they're, a lot of times they're just, they've been hurt enough that they, they, this is how they keep people at a distance. And Jesus doesn't want us to be surface people. He wants us to be able to meet people where they are. That's what he did with us. He didn't. think. Aren't you glad that he pushed past your defenses and got to you? Instead of, you know, the way that we push and, and move and everything. Um, but, but we need to be aware of those things. And so sometimes you, you could meet uh, somebody that's a little grumpy. Or a little mean. Or a little hangry you know sometimes it's just hangry hangry will do that to me i i'm like a different person when i start to get really hungry right um, and they're and they're doing that to sort of keep you at distance um, and and you know if you could just get beyond it behind it there's some really amazing stuff sometimes that will happen I, you know i always want to say don't, don't let people like push you know push you around and everything cuz they're mean and, uh, and angry but instead of just immediately writing them off and dismissing them the very first thing you should do is pray for them and, you know not don't, like, stop what you're doing and say, you know, in the name of the Jesus, Jesus, stop being grumpy right now. It doesn't work. <sighs> Just kind of quietly. Lord, would you, in, in your head, right? Lord, bless this person. and Let them not feel threatened by me. And if There's an opportunity I'd like to sort of press in. You get, that's, that's what this sort of looks like, but... We have to move into that so that we can sort of meet people where they're at. And we have to realize that, you know, we got our own mess. And so let's not focus on everybody else's mess. And let's step in where we can. And you can't do any of it without grace. And not only grace. See how I wrote it? Grace, grace, grace. Grace. We need grace. We need the grace of God. And and the whole grace thing is a gift from God, Ephesians 2, 4. And following, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in the kindness in kindness to us. In Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we're God's handiwork. Workmanship. Craftsmanship. Poema. The word is actually poem. That's he created you. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for you. The good things that we do come as a result of the grace that we receive. Not that it's, we're trying to earn anything. It's the grace that we receive. And so because of this, and the more that we realize this whole speck-plank thing, and that we got this plank removal that we're, we need grace every day for, because it's just ongoing forever. The, the more we realize the grace we need, the more that grace sort of comes, and then we can extend it to others. And that's where we really begin to make a difference in the lives of people around us. And that's the whole speck-plank thing sort of turned around be grace-filled. Be graceful. Uh, you, I, I don't think I'm very graceful anymore uh, physically, but I want to be graceful spiritually so that we can make a difference. So that's what that question is to me. Hope that helps you out. Uh, ministry team, those here might you head over the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything... They'll make sure you get it. We'll be in Luke chapter 10 next week. Talking about, you know, which one of these three was a neighbor. Another great question. But hang out with this one for a while. I think it's a lot of fun. And and let me say this, that this journey, this life that I was talking about, starts with Jesus. He's made it possible for us to be reconciled to him. That's what he did at the cross and in defeating death and in the resurrection. He invites us into a story. Our whole part in this is saying yes to Jesus. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's how things start. That's that's how you move away from spiritual blindness into new life and new living, new creation in Christ. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you've never prayed a prayer like that or confession like that of faith, please do it right now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? It's the beginning of everything, most important decision you will ever make in your life.
6: Amen. Good stuff. The youth group crowd is not quite the Sunday morning crowd for, for
1: although, the crowd. Although it's changed again. Let's do a quick poll like we did last oh, time. go ahead. Go how ahead. many of you would thought it was funny if I'd have brought those glasses in and put them on?
6: See, yeah, there you yeah. how the, many my, of you my, would my, not? These are my
1: people. They've shifted.
6: See, no one, no one.
1: No, the, all the knots won't, won't, they're not <laughs> stepping up, are they?
6: <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I told him. I
1: see that hand. Is there another?
6: Yeah. Okay, you made your point. (laughs) This guy. Okay. Nice message, hon. Thank you. Okay. Why don't you wrap it up for
1: us? (sighs) Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and your love for us. And I pray your blessing on each of us, God, and that we would settle in you and rest in you. And Holy Spirit, thank you for helping us Mm -hmm. in this every day, plank removal process (laughs) that we're all engaged in. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, thank you for your generosity. We love partnering with you. We talked about that earlier. Thanks again. Being faithful, your tithe, your gift, your offering. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you for that. Prayer will be over there. On that wall, if you need prayer for anything, we'll sing doxology, and we will get you off to pregame festivities. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, above ye heavenly host.
5: Praise Father, Son, and
1: Holy Ghost. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Looks like a nice day out there. Get out there and catch some fish while you can. Have a great rest of the day. Hope your team wins, and we will see you later. Goodbye. Oh, and be kind to each other out there in a parking lot. Remember that, you know, the Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Philippians 4. Go look it up. Bye, guys. And uh, you won't have any issues parking and leaving the parking lot. That's good. But thank you for being a part and tuning in today. We love you guys. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week, Luke Chapter 10.
6: I'm thinking about all your snacks y'all are getting ready. What do we got? Pizza. Get-
1: Can we going to make pizza? We got pizza,
6: yeah. That's the big Yeah, snack. that'll be a good snacky thing. I'm yeah. almost out of chips, so you yeah, should get right, some
3: we'll chips. Get some chips. All right. God, God bless, bless you, you guys. guys. Bye-bye.